I think anyone diagnosed with type 1 diabetes from here forward will say it's the luckiest time to be diagnosed because it's a condition that we can manage pretty easily now with the technology. So I run with an insulin pump as well as a continuous glucose monitor. So I'm constantly getting every five minutes a number that tells me where my blood sugar might be. And I can make decisions based off of that. And actually, a couple of the sponsors of this team have given us this new technology that actually does a lot of that automatically. So there's some software behind it that algorithmically calculates, hey, this the blood sugar is kind of trending upward. Let's dose a little bit more insulin. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. And thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Austin Myers is from Seattle, and he's running the New York City Marathon Today, he's running with Beyond Type Run Team with 50 other runners. This is his fourth marathon, and he is trying to get qualified for the Boston Marathon. Austin is raising funds for Beyond Type 1, which is a diabetes nonprofit that has supported Austin in his journey since being diagnosed in 2081. Welcome, Austin. Glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. So let's just start with this. Why do you want to run the New York Marathon? The New York City Marathon is a pretty prestigious race. It's one of the six uh, world marathon majors. So it's a pretty big deal if you're into running or marathons at all. I have been to New York a few times due to my job. And I think running through the city is a really unique way to kind of experience all of what New York has to offer. You're running alongside of 50 other runners that have the same type one diabetes as you. It's called Beyond Type Run Team. Is that right? So how did you hear about this organization or this opportunity? Once I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, I was looking for different communities to get involved in. And I had been interested in running prior to my diagnosis. And I found kind of a a mashup of those two communities in the Beyond Type Run team. So prior to it being Beyond Type Run, there was a charity called Type One Run that has since been joined with the Beyond Type One charity. I got originally involved in the Type One Run club in my area. And then since it has been merged with Beyond Type 1. I've been involved in that organization as well, and I realized that they had a event that they were sponsoring athletes to run the New York City Marathon, and I thought that that was something that I would be interested in doing. So I submitted an application actually for the year 2019, and I'm getting a chance to run it now in 2021. Two years later, was it because of COVID? Yeah, so I, I actually did get accepted to run in 2019, and I injured myself. So then in 2020, the race was canceled, and now now we're back. Okay. And you're from this area, Seattle? Yeah, that's right. I live in Seattle. Tell me about when you got diagnosed in 2018. Were you also attempting to qualify for marathon at that time? Yes. Kind of my uh, broader goal, actually, even prior to being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes was to qualify for the Boston Marathon, mm-hmm. which is, again, one of the uh, more prestigious marathons in the world. And yeah, at that time, I was training for what would be my third marathon. Went through a few kind of symptoms that as a 24-year-old, I just sort of brushed off, like losing weight and being really, really hungry, you know, things that you might associate with training for a marathon. Just a few days prior to the uh, Eugene Marathon, which is what I was training for, I ended up going to a physical and my doctor ran some tests and actually told me to go to the emergency room. So in the emergency room, they did other tests uh, to make sure that there was nothing seriously wrong, but my blood sugar was... Uh, very, very high at that point. And they concluded that I had diabetes. And at that point, they said that I had type two diabetes and and sent me home 
from the emergency room with some oral medication and said, stay away from carbs. The doctor in the emergency room said, you can run the marathon. I think it was four days after the fact. And I ran that race, um, which was my, my care team now says was probably not the safest thing to do. But after that race, I got involved with some other diabetes experts and kind of established a care team. And through other testing and blood work and whatnot, they concluded that I had type 1 diabetes. And so since then, we've been working with it more in terms of it being type 1 diabetes and yeah, have have that um, diagnosis confirmed. And since then, I've been trying to get my way back to the Boston Marathon qualifying time, which for my age group is like running under three hours. Type 1 is usually diagnosed when you're a child, correct? Yeah. Yep. That's kind of why they call it juvenile diabetes. But yeah, there are definitely cases where people get diagnosed later in life. But yeah, it is typically found earlier in childhood. When you think back, do you think that maybe you did have it back then? You just it went undiagnosed? Potentially. That's definitely been a thought that I've had. I think, though, that potentially there... So there's an autoimmune component to type 1 diabetes that isn't present in type 2 diabetes. Um, and that's kind of what differentiates the two that your, your immune system starts attacking the insulin producing cells in your body. And so I think that there was probably the potential for me to have it as a young child, but typically from my understanding, there's some event that precipitates the actual autoimmune destroying of your pancreas cells. And so actually, yeah, right before I, I ended up seeing my doctor, I had gotten really sick. I can't remember if it was like the stomach flu or something. And, and I think that that is sort of what triggered it. So I think I probably had the potential for it to happen, you know, at, from a young age, but it didn't quite hit me until I'm in my early 20s. So when you got that diagnosis, were you like totally devastated? Did you think you were going to have to give up? Yeah, in the moment, it was pretty upsetting. And actually, it, it, it was kind of relieving in the fact that I had had these symptoms for a while, like some of the ones I haven't mentioned were like blurry vision and just general fatigue. So it was kind of nice to have an, a firm uh, reason for those things. But definitely, I was a little worried about what the rest of my life would look like, and especially my running career, if you can call it that. I think people's perception of diabetes is that it really stops you from doing all of the things that you know normal people do. So yeah, originally, I did feel pretty devastated. And it's only been four years at this point, but I've kind of started to overcome a lot of those preconceived notions with diabetes. And, and obviously, being able to run the marathon in, in a week, I think, back to being more of my normal self. So what's it like running a marathon as somebody living with type one diabetes? I think it's just as difficult as anyone running the marathon. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've done that, but the people that I've talked to outside of the, my immediate community that have run marathons obviously think it's a hard thing. There's very few people who think marathons are easy, uh, <laughs> but it's my answer to that is, yeah, it's generally just as difficult for, for people with type one diabetes to run a marathon. There's like a handful of things that we take into consideration that most people don't, but even marathoners are thinking about like the food that they're intaking during the race and staying hydrated and all that stuff. So I don't typically think it's that much harder for us to run a marathon. And that's actually, you know, I, I try to not use type one diabetes as an excuse to, to doing things. And I think that's what is inspiring about the people that I'm running this race with, race with is that we've all come to the same conclusion that, you know, we can, despite this condition, participate in something like a marathon. It seems to me it would give people maybe newly diagnosed hope that, oh, look, we can still do stuff. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So what motivates you to cross the finish line? I know that you already wanted to do it. Has that changed at all for you? Yeah. Well, I I definitely still have that goal of qualifying for Boston. So that's still sort of something on my bucket list, I might say. But uh, this race specifically, I think is like you mentioned, it's more about inspiring people that, especially kids that might be recently diagnosed that this condition doesn't stop you from achieving anything that you want to achieve. I mentioned just a moment ago, the team that I'm running with, a lot of them have had diabetes for 10, 20 years, and some of them are more recently diagnosed. Um, And I think just being a part of that community gives me a lot of inspiration and motivation to to complete the race. It seems like in a way, having kind of a team to run with I don't know, maybe motivate you a little more than if you were just doing it on your own? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think that that is an underestimated aspect of all this is we've been in communication with each other throughout training. That's another big thing. We're typically in different areas of the United States and even outside of the United States. So we've all been kind of training alone, but I'm super excited to be able to get to the starting line with these folks and be able to yeah, stand next to them and run together. So as you said, this is your fourth marathon. And you did say it's not any harder for you, but there are probably things you have to do that most people don't. What would that be? I've been really lucky. I was diagnosed when I think anyone diagnosed with type 1 diabetes from here forward will say it's the luckiest time to be diagnosed because it's a condition that we can manage pretty easily now with the technology. So I run with an insulin pump as well as a continuous glucose monitor. So I'm constantly getting every five minutes, a number that tells me where my blood sugar might be. And I can make decisions based off of that. And actually a couple of the sponsors of this team have given us this new technology that actually does a lot of that automatically. So there's some software behind it that algorithmically calculates, Hey, this, the blood sugar is kind of trending upward. Let's dose a little bit more insulin. It is a lot more hands-off than it might've been 10 to 20 years ago, typically going into the race, I might adjust the amount of insulin I'm getting by a little bit, but that kind of depends in a race scenario, my adrenaline spiking a little bit. So I might actually even take more insulin in the beginning, but otherwise I I typically, yeah, view it like any other athlete might, you know, I'm going to try my best to fuel throughout the race and be take taking supplements and hydration. And I'll typically look at that blood sugar number during the race Maybe a handful of times, it's not something I try to distract myself with unless it gets really out of whack, which in which case the insulin pump will alert me and I can address it from there. But I'll try to just keep it in the right range and continue racing as hard as I can. So you kind of got to be really paying attention because you're not only paying attention to the running, but any beeping or anything that's notifying you, right? That's true. Yeah. I think a lot of marathon runners typically run with like headphones in and are listening to music, but I tend to try to. Uh, listen to the environment around me. So I'm definitely in tune with my blood sugar in that way. And yeah, it might seem like there's a lot going on, but 26 miles is a long time. So you do have, you do have some uh, time inside of your own head during that, that period. (laughs) So you're fundraising for beyond type one, it's a diabetes uh, nonprofit. And why is that one important to you? I mentioned previously that beyond type one kind of took over ownership of type one run, which is the club that I had originally gotten involved in. And uh, they also do a lot of other outreach and provide services for the type one community. It was founded originally by Nick Jonas, who's kind of a, a famous person with type one diabetes. And so the nonprofit itself does a lot of services that 
I personally have found um, really useful as a type one diabetic, as well as outside of like they put on camps and, you know, provide actual financial support for people in need, as well as setting up certain events outside of the COVID situation that we find ourselves in now. But yeah, the, the charity itself has been a really integral part to me kind of coming to grips with the, the condition and, you know, being able to participate and give back. And that community is really important to me. And find other people with the same thing, with the same struggles. Now, what's your fundraising goal? Yeah. So my personal goal is to raise about $3,000. And I think as a team, there's 50 of us. So you, that would put us at $150,000 as a team, but we've actually bumped that up to try to reach a goal of $250,000 as a team. How can someone support you if they want to? Uh, I have a my, my own personal fundraising page that was set up through the nonprofit, but anyone can go onto that page and make a donation online. I think there are maybe other avenues that are listed on the webpage to make a donation. What's been your biggest challenge in marathon running? I would say there's sort of two challenges that I've had in marathon running. And uh, the most recent and top comes to the top of my mind when you ask that question is, is staying healthy. Running 26.2 miles requires you to, to go into the race being pretty uh, fit, obviously, but also not really having any injuries that might be lingering. So yeah, like I mentioned in 2019, I had the opportunity to run the race and, and went through my training really well. And then in the two or three weeks leading up to the race, just had a little ankle issue that turned into me not being able to complete the race. So the biggest challenge I've had in this buildup is staying healthy. You know, when you start to feel those little aches and pains to just step back a little bit and let them heal so that I can get to the starting line healthy. And the other biggest challenge for me has been, I think, mental toughness. Running, like I mentioned, 26.2 miles, you get to spend some time in your head. And especially in those last, I would say about six miles for me, things get pretty hard, no matter how easy or hard you've been pushing yourself. So uh, just being able to hold on to a pace for 26.2 miles and, and keep your sanity in a level head uh, has been something I've been working on through this buildup. So I'm not a runner. Walk me through what training looks like. So for me, I would think, well, you run 26 miles every day, but that's not it, right? <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure that there are some athletes that can do that. Uh, but yeah, my training has been mostly trying to do about two like hard workouts every week. So maybe in the middle of the week, I'll do somewhere in like the five to 10 mile range. That's relatively fast, like faster than marathon pace. And then on the weekend is a long run, which is typically where my, my focus is for the marathon is getting good at those long runs. But on a, on a weekly basis, I run total about six days a week. And uh, I think peak during this buildup, the peak mileage I am shooting for is anywhere between 50 and 60 miles a week. But most of those miles are like relaxed and easy. They're just getting your legs more acclimated to, to running that distance. In this buildup, I haven't run farther than 22 miles. And that's probably as far as I'll go before the race day. So do you do anything else, any other kind of training that goes along with that? I do try to do some strength training just to, you know, keep like a strong core and upper body and whatnot. But that is definitely something that I could improve upon. I ride a bike every once in a while. That's actually a really good thing that I did. When, once I got injured in 2019, I kind of transitioned to biking, which is a lot less impact on the joints and whatnot. So you can do that when you're injured. But yeah, typically running is my focus with a little bit of strength outside of that. And when you're dealing with an injury, like things that might be helpful for that specific injury, like ankle mobility or what have you. So it kind of depends on where my body is. How old were you when you started running? I found running in middle school, thankfully. So I've been doing it since, yeah, 15, 14 or 15. 
more than 10 years at this point. Yeah. And I, I participated in it, you know, in middle school competitively and high school. And then when I went off to college, I, I wasn't at the level that I competed in college other than at a hobby level. But since then, it's been I've been yeah consistently running for I guess it's closer to 15 years at this point. So when you decided to run first the Boston Marathon, you were training for that right before you got diagnosed. So it wasn't going to be your, it would have been your third marathon. So I was training for the Eugene Marathon so that oh, I right. could qualify for the Boston Marathon. Yeah. So that was, so I did run Eugene and that was my third marathon. So this will be my fourth. When I was growing up, we had some neighbor boys that were runners. And they just ran all the time. It was like they couldn't not run. And I remember thinking, gosh, maybe maybe there's some people, their makeup is running. Like some people are just really sports oriented. I think there are definitely people who gravitate towards sports as a whatever it is for them. You know, for me, it's really cathartic. It's something I do to relieve stress and just it's a way that I can kind of reset for whatever day or whatever I've situation I find myself in. But yeah, I think, you know, everybody has their their outlets in life. And for me, the the simplicity of running is something that is super appealing. Like all you need is a pair of shoes and some clothes on your back and you can go out and participate. Another aspect of it that I have really enjoyed thus far is the community aspect. You know, you can definitely train alone and go and log miles by yourself, but there are communities of people, whether it's through recreational sports like cross country in school and track or clubs and whatnot, that has been a really valuable aspect of the uh, running experience to me that keeps me going. You know, people pushing their bodies day in and day out and just being around that, I think, is something that keeps me motivated to keep doing it. So being from Seattle, do you always run outside? I typically do. Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm a stronger runner in the rain, so it kind of works to my benefit being in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't really enjoy running indoors. I'm not really a treadmill person. I know that there are people who are really great at treadmill running, but it's just not standing in the same place for an hour or more is not my uh, idea of fun. Oh, so it's quickly approaching. Actually, as we're talking, it's today. (laughs) But what have you really been looking forward to? Yeah, we touched on it previously. I think running with 49 other folks with type one diabetes is something that I'm really, really excited to do. And yeah, has been on my radar for over two years now. So I'm excited to finally get the opportunity to do it. And also pushing myself like physically and mentally, I think that's something that is valuable and I'm excited to to see what I'm capable of out there in New York. Have you guys planned, besides just meeting at the start line, have you planned some things to do while you're there together? Yeah. Yes. The day before we have an event where we will all get together and share a meal and talk about our training and whatnot. And yeah, in 2019, we actually got to be on the same bus. So getting everyone from Manhattan to where the race starts on Staten Island is a whole ordeal. And in 2019, there was a beyond type run transport option. And this year, I think that that's not allowed due to the COVID protocol. But yeah, we'll definitely spend some time together. And I think we're all in the same hotel. So we'll be spending lots of time as a team. Nice. How many days ahead will you get into New York City? I'm flying in on Wednesday. So what is that? Four days before. And then will you leave right away or will you hang around for a while? Uh, We're planning to hang around for a while. I actually have some work to do with uh, a team in New York. So I'll actually go to work the next day at our New York offices, which will be a challenge in and of itself. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll We'll be there till Wednesday. So a few more days after the race, three more days. So 26 miles, is it all mapped out for you? Do you memorize it? How do you... 
So there is definitely a course mapped out, obviously. And yeah, traffic in New York kind of shuts down. When I got to go in 2019 and see the course for the first time, there were like barricades, obviously, against either side of the street. And actually, it was three or four people deep as far as I could see along the course. So for 26 miles, there is a crowd of people screaming and yelling for everybody. I don't have the course memorized, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident I won't get lost uh, just <laughs> following the person in front of me. I think I know where like the hills are and where potential like aid stations are. And I know the last six miles are through Central Park, which I have been to and, and ran around a few times. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited about, about that last six miles. Is there any advice you would want to give others with either new or existing type one diabetes diagnosis? Yeah, definitely. There are probably two things that I would advise anyone living with type one diabetes or especially who had been recently diagnosed. And the first is that you're definitely not alone. I think that that has been something that I have learned since my diagnosis is as a, as a 24 year old young man, I, I felt invincible and once the diagnosis kind of came crashing down, I felt like it was something that I had to deal with by myself and finding a community that I felt safe within and felt like the people in that community with Beyond Type Run had the same interests and were dealing with the same problems as me made my struggles with type 1 diabetes a lot easier. So yeah, I would say you're not alone. Reach out to the groups that you find and try to be as involved and active in the community as you can. And the second thing is that type one diabetes doesn't stop you from doing anything that you want to do. So for me, that means running a marathon and trying to qualify for Boston. But I know that there are folks out there who are running ultra marathons, people with type one diabetes running like over a hundred miles, which to me is insane. But if that's what you want to do, you can do it. There are yeah pilots with type one diabetes. We mentioned Nick Jonas. So People in music in the Seattle area, like Jordan Morris has been a really big inspiration for me, the Sounders soccer player. Type 1 diabetes definitely does not stop you from living whatever life you want to live and pursuing your dreams. Thank you so much. Will you give us a web page somewhere people can go to check this out? Yes, absolutely. I will. They probably have to put the www dot in front yeah. of it, right? <laughs> right. Yep. Starts with www. That's right. www.donate.com beyond type one, the number one dot org. And then you can find my athlete page. So at, at that website, you will see all 50 of our pages. And mine is fundraiser three, four, two, 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 eight, eight. That's a long number. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm thinking Austin, they should, you should be the first one. Letter right. A. Well, thank you so much, Austin Myers from Seattle. Good luck. We'll all be cheering for you. And will you uh, get back with us and let us know how it went? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Well, good luck and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Lori. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. I hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.